Welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And holy crap, we are coming at y'all with uh, a big discussion. The discussion that is all over the community that is unescapable currently. Uh, and we wanted to throw our two, bit, two cents in the pot because of course we did. Over the past weekend, well... Last week. It happened on a weeknight. Well, as we're recording this. I always forget that there's a time lag between when we record and when it goes up. There's like a whole, It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, time is immaterial. It's whatever. There was a reveal for Adepticon, and there was a uh, a whole lot of really cool stuff revealed, actually. Uh, it's worth going to check it out over there for uh, Games Workshop. And also, I saw uh, Infinity also put out a pretty cool... Well, Corvus Belly, who runs Infinity, also put out a cool preview. But... The new edition of Warhammer 40k was announced, 10th edition, and that is a big moment in the hobby. Uh, whether you play Warhammer 40k or not, you've probably heard about this because it is the biggest game in the Warhammer market, well, Wargaming market. Uh, so when news happens there, it's worth talking about most of the time. So we wanted to kind of take what they've revealed for 10th and break it down for you in terms of what they have said themselves and confirmed, and then what mysteries are still out there, and then we'll give you a little bit of our thoughts in between. But before we can do that, John, we got to go on to a new edition of Hobby Time and Games Played. All right, John, what you been up to? Uh, I've been painting Slaves of Darkness. Oh, many Slaves of Darkness. Yes. Uh, I have 10 man unit. Done. Demon Prince. Done. Uh, three man Ogroid squad. Done. Uh, Knights. Built. Lord on Kakadrak. Built. Uh, those need to get painted for our April jump up, which is a struggle because I have taken Jeans of the Occult out of my um, little hideaway and I've started looking at what I'm going to paint before, um, well, you know, the thing happens. Um, 10th edition? And I, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, pulled out some role leaders, started going, oh, what if I do that too? Like, oh no, 10th edition. It's going to ruin my AOS b- hobby. Uh, but luckily, S2D is pretty quick to paint up, so oh, quick-ish. Quicker than Skaven, uh, but I put more time to the details. Yeah, they do have a bunch of like trim and filigree and stuff that looks cool but takes a minute to paint for all those dudes, even on like little foot soldiers. Precisely. Um, but I'm also like, I got, I bought the Keller Morph model at my local GW store and I'm trying to find like a little cowboy hat 3D print so I can put a little cowboy hat on him. Ooh, that man That'd needs a cowboy hat. Exactly. Like, I can't wait for 10th edition to drop and like, the night it drops, and we'll get into it later. I'm just gonna put a cowboy on the table, and I'm gonna be like, "I'm shooting you. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna rock your shit, old man. Let's let's fucking go." That'd I really do think we should uh, do like a a get together to celebrate tenth dropping. Yeah, like we should have a release party, hundred percent. Order like pizza, get a bunch of drinks, have everybody get together, and just like knock out a ton of games. It no one's yes. gonna know what's good. Or what's bad. It's purely riffing off your brain and stumbling through your new rule book. And who knows how it's going to go. But I can guarantee probably going to have fun. Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be an absolute just slobber knocker of a fest. It'll be great. I think that sounds cool. Um, speaking of slobber knockers, you played a couple of games, didn't you? I did. Um, let's see, I played two games directly after we recorded... Uh, and both of them just complete total victories simply because I got the look of the dice and got Demon Princes immediately on deployment. God, the <laughs> gods have spoken. Yeah, and at low point values, that just matters. That just matters a lot. And uh, I don't think my opponents did a bunch of like wrong moves or anything. I just think they, unfortunately, I got lucky and they got unlucky. It was not good. 
sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Listen, I'm not going to knock it because, like, I won a couple games, but it do be like that. But soon I'll be playing the thousand point games of our AOS escalation. Yeah, it kicks up in a week. Yeah, and be very fun. But, you know, March and April and May are all looking very busy. So, we're trying to squeeze in what I can when I can. Yeah. So that spring rush of, oh, we've all been trapped inside because of winter and it's warmer. Let's do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's similar to my calendar. It just, it's stuff that looks fun for the vast majority of it, but God, there's a lot of it. Yeah. I don't want to not do it, but I also like wish I just had more time. Never enough time. It's ephemeral, and there's not enough. Yeah. It's okay. We'll be clearing our schedules whenever around 10th edition. Uh, I will, whenever they give us a date, like, hey, rules are dropping on this Friday night or whatever. Uh, if anyone tries to take that Saturday from me, I will defend it like I am is holding the eternity gate. Like, sorry, I don't care if you got a birthday or, like, you got stuff going on. Like, uh, I got stuff going on, and it's not that. Like, it's... <laughs> Unless you are hemorrhaging blood and need my immediate assistance. Sorry, I, I got nothing for you, okay? I got nothing. Yon yon, I will not be attending. I have to play Plastic Army Duels. Sorry, I have to play Plastic Army Men. I can't attend. Or, as my wife calls them, our war Barbies. And she's yes. not wrong. No, not at all. But also your wife plays War Barbies with us sometimes. She does so. play War Barbies with us. That's why she knows they're War Barbies. We tell little stories about these plastic toys and like move them around the board, make little sound effects like the War Barbies. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for 10th release. That'll be a good time. We'll have to set up the, the celebration and once we know a date. Because, spoiler, for the after the music section, we don't have dates yet. Yeah. We'll get into that. But before that, Joe, tell me, what did you do this week? Oh, my lord, John. I have done so much painting. And You say that every week. It's I, almost like you are just constantly escalating your expectations on yourself on your painting. There's probably something to that. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um I like the idea that I can keep raising expectations and meeting them somehow, uh, while also having some flexibility to take some breaks when need be. But I, uh, as I've talked about in the past few episodes, uh, picked up Beastmen for this uh, narrative, uh, not crusade, but escalation league. And uh, I started them uh, like after the month had already started, so I was behind from the get-go. And I really disliked the feeling of being behind. So I uh, have been trying to knock out this army to get my 750 points painted, uh, and now they are fully done. Uh, over the past two weeks, I painted up a cockatrice and a uh, Chaos Gargant stand-in. I'm calling it a Primordial Giant. And uh, now the entire army is painted and based. And if I do say so myself, looks... Pretty decent. Not too shabby. Uh, and I also got a couple more games in with them. Uh, I won uh, two of the three, and the third one I lost, but in the closest fight of my life. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, I fought my buddy Josh, who was playing uh, Giants, and at 500 points, that is uh, really just like... his. Well, at 750 points, his entire list was one mega giant and one baby giant. And uh, I deployed on the very back edge of my board. I cannot get further away. And he still made a turn one charge before I even got a turn and pinned me in with this colossal giant. Oh, it was painful. And uh, killed by Herdstone while doing stow, which was doubly painful. And it, it probably should have been just an all-out stop. But I uh, I decided I was going to go big brain mode and try to, like, grind it out on some tricky objective play. And uh, it the Chaos Gods were not with me. Like, w they were with John, and they were not at my table. Yeah, it was... I took all of your luck 
It was bad. It was so bad that uh, my opponent, who I was facing, Josh, looked more horrified for my rolls than I did. Uh, every key moment failed him. <laughs> it was unfortunate. Uh, but even despite that, uh, I tied him on victory points. He kicked the shit out of me, and I still tied him on victory points. And I think that probably says something about Age of Sigmar as a game. Uh, that even, like, really on the back foot, really, really outfought, it, on, like, his perfect charge roll, full board, cannot escape him, nothing I could do about it, I could still tie him on victory points by being clever. That's probably pretty cool. Uh, in the end, though, it like we were tied on victory points, so nothing there. Uh, so it just comes down to like how many points are left, and he had a full gargant alive. It was on three wounds, but it was still alive. So he uh, breaks the tie, gets the victory, but what a fight. Good lord. Uh, it was a really good opportunity for me to get to try to like play from behind. And make it happen, which I think is a good skill to learn how to do over time. Once you feel comfortable with the uh, with the basics, so yeah, that was a hell of a fight. Uh, and now I am prepping for, as John said, we're stepping up to one thousand points uh, at uh, a, the beginning of April. I couldn't remember what month came after March. <laughs> They're all blending together. It's fine. Uh, we're gonna step up points. So John was kind enough to print me a big old gorgon. Uh, and I've got that Gorgon uh, put together and ready to go. But I'm waiting for a big 120 millimeter base to get here. Uh, in the meantime, I've been painting up squats. Leagues of Votan. Uh, I printed some foot troops a little while ago. And I have written a story for them. But uh, I hadn't painted the models. I was sort of, I don't know. Like, John, you know when you, there's an army you really, really like. But you don't want to mess it up. In terms of All like your paint scheme theme or whatever entirely all the time all the time. yep <laughs> crippling anxiety of failure uh threatens my everyday in painting yeah it, and like i always sort of like it just nibbles at the back of my mind uh but for you know an army like the votan i love dwarves i wanted space dwarves so badly for so long i like now the pressure is even higher because this is a force i you know i care about uh and i decided this week, because I could not paint Beast Men, because I'm just stuck waiting on a delivery, you know, I grab some of them dwarves and paint them up. And uh, just, they are almost done. I've just got to do some eye lenses. Uh, but I went with like a green color uh, and sort of grimed them up with some metallics and some edge highlights. And I think they turned out pretty decent. Mm -hmm. But I've... Hopefully, next uh, episode y'all listen to, you'll be hearing me say that they are done. And also, I need to upload like a bajillion pictures to our Instagram for the Beastmen. I gotta take some pictures of my done stuff so you can upload them too. We're real bad at this whole Instagram thing, y'all. God, I'm terrible. At first, when we started doing this, I was like, oh God, I've gotta do so much painting because I'm the only one who uploads to Instagram. Uh, and now... Oddly, like some dum dum, I do the painting. I have the minis to upload, and I just it never occurs to me like, oh, you should take a picture and put that on the internet. Good God! Uh, but actually, my wife is helping me to take better pictures, so <laughs> maybe the ones we upload are going to look better than what you're used to, which would be pretty cool. So it's a uh, it's there's been a lot of hobby time going on over here, and uh, getting ready for even more hobby time. But I expect the the big uh, freight train of hobby hype is on the horizon. And let's play the music and talk about it. All right, John. Uh, I think to talk about this, it gets it could be a little messy in the community because some people are mixing messaging together. You know, they're thinking about what seems logical other people are like mixing in rumors that they've heard from others uh and then combining that with stuff that was said by games workshop so like i want to really break this down into stuff that we know and then like mysteries where we get more into like opinion so john like let's start with what we know for sure from the horse's mouth 
Right. Things that GW directly said, non-refutable. These are things they said are going to happen. And like form it as a baseline to go off of instead of like mixing in our opinions or like what we read into just, this is the statements they've said. Um, first thing is that 10th edition is a reset of the rules. We are not going to continue playing 10th edition. Um, and it's for streamlining purposes and for making the game faster by ditching a lot of old rules or, uh, refining certain rules that were though well-intended ended up being very cumbersome. Yeah. And I think that will kind of, that informs some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, I, we stayed up and watched the actual live stream so we could hear them just not just like put out their article, but discuss their thoughts and goals around it. And really like work night, on a work night, no less. <laughs> and it was an hour and a half reveal. By the time I went to bed, it was like one in the morning. I get up for work at 5.30 in the morning. It was a rough day. But worth it. <laughs> and uh, they essentially kept circling back to the idea that the game as it is now is a little much. And their goal is to just streamline and streamline wherever they can. Another thing that is confirmed, now there's no longer speculation about it, Games Workshop have confirmed that all armies, because the codexes will not be valid from 9th edition, will be getting new rules and indexes for the new edition. And that, here's the big part, all of those index rules will be free and available online day one. So whatever army you play on release day, you will be able to go to their website, click a link, download your army rules, you're off to the races. And on top of that, they have said that they have a new app. So the current app, everyone's kind of memed it to death that it's not good. They apparently have put a significant amount of effort into making the new app functional, working, and all the rules will be on there as well. Yeah, so, and they uh, say for free. So, Yeah. Which is great. I mean, which is really, really nice. Like, I don't. I want to save some of my opinion, most of my opinion stuff for later. But like, big shout out here: having all those rules free day one, certainly a great move. I was there trying to get indexes for eighth edition, and it was a bit weird, and it didn't feel like a good thing to spend money on. So just being able to download, much better. I w- I will say briefly, like. When 8th edition dropped with the index and everything, uh, me and one of our editors, Seth, went to like our local game store to get the indexes and like I think it was the Dark Imperium box on release. And it like it was ours. And we were able to find our indexes, luckily, but the guys, two people behind us that were also waiting in line at the same amount of time, didn't. And so they just straight up waited a couple of hours to not be able to play because the store ran out of indexes. For rules that like you can't get otherwise god that would have really put a damper on your night yeah and like a lot of the people that were sitting in line were like we're gonna go home and play this all night and then like take a small nap and then keep playing the next day because it was released on like a thursday i think so people were taking off work and everything else for this and they just didn't get the rules in time so it being in digital format matters for the lease of a game and keeping people excited and interested like i mean our group are alone is thinking about having like this big thing where we just play for a weekend, building lists and laughing and having a good time over pizza and Mountain Dew. So like this, especially with it being free and not costing money, I think is a game changer for this, for the current players. Yeah. Well, and imagine like the alternative, if we planned the whole weekend, people took time off of work. If they need to, everyone traveled to where I'm at. Cause like, our buddy Corin has to drive four and a half hours to get to where we play. Yeah, it's a long, long drive. And only to find out, like the day before or the day of, that he can't get his index rules because, sorry, the store sold out. Or multiple of us cannot get rule books. That, that, would, that would be unfortunate. It would be really unfortunate. So, like, love this. TLDR, love this. Also, confirmed, 
indexes will replace codexes for now. Yes. I want to really emphasize this one because I have seen it taken in a different direction. They said that the indexes will replace your existing codexes and these indexes will be free. Some people in the community have misunderstood this to mean that codexes are gone and we will never have to pay for them again. That's not what was said. <laughs> Just setting expectations. You'll hear us talk about codexes again in a minute because there wasn't a lot said, which is probably why some of this is still floating around in comment threads and like YouTube videos and whatnot. Yes. But and the rules on indexes have said to be two pages. Like everything you'll need to play is on either the data cards or the two pages for indexes. We'll talk more about like what else they have said beyond that in the next section. But for sure, no matter what faction you're playing, you will have rules to play that are new on release. So like me as Gene Sealer Colt, I'm really hoping that those rules they give me are enough to like at least hold me over. Yeah. Yeah. They were very clear that like they've touched every war scroll uh, across the board in every army, and they have retooled stats entirely. Uh, on the live stream, they said that generally AP is going down, and that toughness uh, is getting more broad, not necessarily going up for everybody, but like currently as it scales, uh, toughness is a thing that ranges from like. Three, well, I have seen two. Like two to ten. Uh, and above ten is a thing that you almost never see. I don't know if you actually do see it. Yeah, I think like and something is labeled as tough. Like we'll use Leaping Russ as an example at toughness eight, right? Eight is a pretty tough value. In the stream, they mentioned that like you will see vehicles with more than ten toughness. There will be things that just do not... You can't just bring a button. The example they used with a new system, you won't be able to just bring an entire army of plasma guns and go, oh, I can do enough damage to vehicles to still be a threat and also enough damage to Marines to be a threat. Like the diversity in which you're going to have to pick your armaments is going to widen, which is interesting. Yeah, because the highest possible toughness is going up and our base anchor is staying the same. So that just means you get a broader range and more granularity. Which is cool. Also, in terms of rules, they are adding a new stat to uh, data cards. It is called OC. It stands for objective... What is it? Objective control value? Yeah. So, essentially, uh, when you look at a war scroll, it has like all your normal stats, your strength, your toughness, your wounds. OC value. The OC has a number under it. it for example, we saw the uh, Tyranid uh, Termagot. It had an OC value of two, meaning every Termagot counts for two models while sitting on an objective. And that's a brand new stat that did not exist previously. Uh, and I don't know if it's wholesale replacing objective secured as an ability, but it is going to be a lever that they could pull on to determine how good or bad something is at trying to like secure an important objective. Right. Yeah, I've seen, uh, again, some people not quite understanding that one, but they explained it all in the stream, which was helpful. And uh, I think I don't think we're going to talk more about this rule in this episode. We might end up talking about this rule a lot in the future, because I think both me and Joe love this rule. Like, this is objectively good. It makes it very clear. It makes it, like, when you're, when you're doing game design, the more... It is a, like a stat is front and center. The more weight it will have in the like points determining process. So as before, you know something being objective control, like objective secured, was something that you could kind of fluidly give to a bunch of different things, and it was kind of a binary: you have it or you don't, which is really hard to balance around. But if you look at Objective control stat being able to be modular of like between one to, I don't know, I don't even know how high it's going to go, like five, right? Like that's so much granularity in how good a unit can be at doing that job. So now, because in, in 40k, we currently have models that are good at not dying, 
models are good at taking up space and models that are good at doing damage. This adding another spot of like lever pulling makes the game much more broad and it'll also probably allow us to get new models or new rules in a way that is a lot more engaging to make decisions with. Because a lot of 40k historically kind of boiled down to, can I not die and can you do lots of damage? And this is a whole nother sphere. Yeah, I like the idea that like currently when you want to make a model cool, it's either, hey, they have a high strength, they have a high damage, they have a high toughness, or maybe like a high movement value. Now you could have a unit that is average at all of those things, but maybe they have like an OC number of like five per mini and they're specialists. And now you're like, oh God, that unit is scary, but not for any of the reasons I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, like that is an objectively difficult thing I have to now have to work around and I don't have all the tools I normally would to deal with that. And also, uh, it gives a new thing that you could try to attack with abilities or like spells and whatnot. So, uh, you know, maybe you are going to have a spell that debuffs an enemy unit's OC value. You know, like Death Guard makes me think of it. Like they have plagues that, you know, in the fluff and stuff, really debilitate living organisms that are just near them. Like it doesn't seem in outside of the realm of question to have a plague that debilitates you so badly that you just cannot hold as well. And maybe it like knocks your OC value down by some amount. Like there's just cool potential there. And like there's a lot of potential for missions, right? Like you might have a mission in a game that are like, okay, there are there's one big objective in the center, and there's like two side objectives in the middle on the on the right and left, and then there's a like deployment objective. Deployment objectives you can just hold however. But the ones in the middle, you have to like the very middle, the king of the hill objective, you have to hold with something with an OC value of like three or more. And now you're looking at, oh, I can't just hold that with anything. I have to hold that with like very specific units. And I might not have taken those units in my army. So I might have to give that objective up entirely and try to go for the rest of them in secondaries. Yeah, it just for it gives game designers more options to pull on. Which I think is cool. And I wanted like I wanted to make a small case for it. Cause I feel like a lot of people have overlooked how interesting this could be. And Interested to see implementation, but I think it is a an interesting reveal that kind of gets overshadowed by some of the other big bombastic stuff. Also, uh, they have confirmed that we are going to be going to universal special rules. Meaning, right now, in the game as it is, there are a whole lot of armies that, for example, have an, some ability that says... They get to come down anywhere on the board with a unit and end up more than nine inches away from all enemy units at the end of the movement phase. And they all have different flavor texts about what they do, whether they're like tunneling up, they're dropping out of a ship, they're teleporting in, they're doing some magic portal stuff. Uh, and some of these in the past, although they are getting better at it now, had slightly different wording, which could make it awkward, even though the end effect seemed to be intended to be the same. And universally, as players, we all referred to these by colloquial terms. For example, yeah, like, for that stuff, it is all deep strike. If I look at John and say, this unit can deep strike, John subconsciously knows, okay, they can drop anywhere, nine inches away, okay, cool, cool. Now they are going to do that in the mechanics, meaning there will no longer be individualistic rules. Uh, it'll just be like a fluff name. And then the effect is keyword deep strike, which is universal. It's the same for everyone who has it across the board out of the core rules. Yeah. I think this is by and large, just a good change. Um, I have played the game without universal special rules. I have played the game with universal special rules. It at first will seem like a lot, right? Like you will have to learn a lot of rules because you're going to have to learn special rules that your army doesn't have so that when other people have it, you know what it does. But once you learn it, it doesn't change. So when a new codex comes out and say, I drop something that has 
three special rules on it that you've never seen before, but you've read up about them because you have them in the main rule book. Boom. You know it. It's just there. And it also makes like conversations about data sheets easier because you can be like, okay, what's good and what's bad about a data sheet is not on individual wording. It's just what special keywords does it have? Yeah. Uh, we have mentioned how much we enjoy this in games like a song of ice and fire. Uh, and I think it's going to be a good thing to bring into here as well. I mean, it was a thing that I used to like in seventh edition because like a faction identity would be built around some of it, right? Like rage was one. That was World Eaters. World Eaters always got Rage. Um, was it Furious Charge was another one, which was like plus one strength on an, on the charge. And like Rage was plus one attack while in combat. So like World Eaters had Furious Charge and Rage. So they got plus two attacks on the charge and plus one in combat. So the first turn they were just monsters and then they like got a little bit weaker. Or like Blood Angels had Furious Charge. Every everything in the entire army got Furious Charge. It wasn't like the faction sub sub faction rule. It was just something that ended up on every data sheet that separated them from other Space Marines of other factions. That's cool. That's objectively yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, and it allows you to like quantify your army of oh, I'm the Furious Charge army, or like it's similar to like in a Song of Ice and Fire, where it's like oh, I'm the Pillage army. I'm the Pillage thing. Or like, I have this other special rule like that defines me. Yeah. Um, it, and it's going to be something that they implement strongly. And they, clear, and they also reiterate that in the actual live stream. Uh, and then the last bit that we think is really, really worth mentioning is that uh, they confirmed that new and returning play modes in boarding actions and combat patrols are going to be a thing. Yes. So, uh, not too long ago, I think recent enough to say recently, uh, they released a supplement that had a new way to play the game uh, called Boarding Actions, as some of you guys have probably heard of, where you're playing like small game modes where you are breaching an enemy ship and there are a bunch of special rules around what you're allowed to take, what you're not allowed to take, and uh, sort of restrictions with faction-specific exemptions and stuff like that. Uh all of that is going to be coming over into 10th edition, and it will still be playable in some way, um, which is great because that book has not been out long. Uh, and also, uh, there will be a new game mode called Combat Patrols, where it is balanced all on its own and streamlined against uh, the main game. So the whole purpose is that you can go out and buy one of their combat patrol boxes. Uh, this essentially the start collecting box for people who've been playing for a while. And you can buy one combat patrol. Your buddy could buy a combat patrol. And then you can immediately build and put those things on the table against each other with pre-built forces in the combat patrol boxes and then fight them against each other. No list building needed in a predetermined game that has already been balanced by the devs. Right out of the box, start fighting, get the rules, have at it. That's interesting. Uh, for me, it kind of reminds me of uh, like opening pre-con commander decks in Magic the Gathering. Yes. You know, you rip the box open, you pull the cards out, boom, ready to go. And generally speaking... You don't have to do a whole lot of thinking about it. Everyone's running stock. Let's just have a good time. Uh, and I think this is probably trying to hit that same effect. And uh, it's a little different, but I'm into it. Especially for new players. And I don't think it'll be like balanced balance, but I think it'll be balanced enough for casual play. Like, I, don't think you just, I don't think you're going to see like competitive combat patrol events. Uh, <laughs> I would be shocked. Uh, but I think that is an entry point for people to do like kitchen table Warhammer to steal something from Magic Gathering. It'd be a good time. Yeah, it's something I did not see coming. Uh, I tell you that for sure. Uh, but I'm glad it's there. And I, I also um, think it's it sells. It sells the game to people. Like we have friends who are probably interested in Warhammer 40k, and then we tell them, "Oh yeah, you need a 2,000 point army," right off the rip. 
with like a book. And like you can say you don't, but with most of the editions of the game, 2,000 points is almost where you gotta be if you don't want to have like a somewhat bad new experience. Yeah. It doesn't exactly scale down very well. They they say it it's fine to play at the like really low point values in their books. I disagree with their assessments. <laughs> like I think playing a thousand point games, playable, fifteen hundred point games, alright, we're getting there. But it really doesn't start feeling like the actual game until two thousand points. And I'm hoping that this is different. Um but what I have even more faith for is boarding actions. As I think boarding actions has a nice in between between full two thousand point games and like kill team. There's a nice jumping off point for people that going from kill team to boarding actions to full game. Or for some people who really want to get into the game, but they don't want to dedicate to the two thousand point games, they can do boarding actions until they're more comfortable. And on top of that, boarding actions, I think is a thing you can get multiple things in a day done, or even like in an afternoon. Like, it's shorter. It's smaller. It's more action-packed. Like yeah. I think it, I think it's engaging. And the narrative potential of boarding actions mixed with, mixed with like, full games? Ooh. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to play out, but I'm interested. And they really made it a point to say that it's a priority and a push. So uh, I, I really hope that they hit it. I just want to weave a tale with you, Joe, of, like, my space mining cultists versus your space mining dwarves fighting over resources in a ship that they both are going to plummet to a planet and then fight over that planet. Ooh, what a time. Ooh, plot Great. twist. And we're fighting you because we think in fighting you, we will lure your Tyranid tendril in and then we get the big payday. Oh, we could tie in Lucas. As Lucas yeah. is the Tyranid hive fleet, depending on how it goes, he shows up to eat us both. Look, it writes itself. Let's go. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, but in sort of like, this is the part of the show where we are out of things that they have fully talked about and confirmed. They did some other stuff that they've mentioned, uh, not explained fully enough for me to feel comfortable talking about it. So now we get into stuff that is sort of like unanswered mysteries. Uh you know, things that we do not know about, but that we should probably keep an eye out for, you know, articles and videos or whatever coming over the next couple weeks or months. Uh, so, like, we said we would bring it up again, but I think this is a really big one. For me, this is the biggest one, uh, is how codexes are going to look going forward in 10th. Uh, yeah, and they have mentioned in an article the day after the reveal that we will know early this week coming up in which you will have probably already read an article involving codexes. So we are going with not the knowledge of that. Yeah. Uh, as of now, all we can presume is that by their article saying that we will know about codexes at the top of the week, that that sounds like there will still be codexes, but what those look like, who knows? <laughs> um, and there has there has been everything from like doctored images of articles to like straight up just terrible rumors that don't make no sense. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think my, my favorite bombastic absolutely is probably not true rumor was that uh, codexes only come in the combat patrol boxes now and combat patrol boxes will now be $250, which I don't think is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I said I don't feel comfortable speculating. I take it back. I feel comfortable speculating that that one's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This I is one of those that... things that like could break out in a number of ways, right? Like, very little to nothing could change about the codexes. It is what it is. You buy the physical book, you get a code, you put it in the app. Maybe they have like split releases where like you can buy physical or buy digital at a lowered price, and very little changes otherwise, maybe they go out and change the format altogether, where, yeah. you know, the Codex is more of like a narrative or hobby book for people who love the faction, and, like, the rules are pulled out of it entirely. Like, who knows? Um, yeah. I think we all have a preference. Um, I think our preference is that, like, it's... The digital rules are more accessible, easier, and cheaper to get a hold of, if not free. 
Like that is the preference, I think, for most folks. Uh, I think people will still buy books. You will still have like people who love factions going in and buying books for things because of the art, because it's pretty. Um, a gaming example is Pathfinder, right? Love Pathfinder too. All the rules are free on the internet. They support all the rules being free on the internet for a tabletop RPG. We're selling the rules as their main source of income. They don't sell models in addition, really. Um, people still buy their books. Like, they're still sold out because people like having books on their shelf, especially gamers. So I don't... It's really hard to tell what it's going to be. Um, but what we do know involving codexes is that they have said even when codexes release we will have a two-page spread of all of your army rules and relics and warlord traits that you, you're using in the game and stratagems even when the release, and stratagems like everything is all everything that you will need for a game to play will fit on two pages like a two-page spread that you will be able to take to your game and then have your data sheets next to them um, there's lots of speculation about what that means, but it sounds like you can just have like your your data cards you have bought, like your physical data cards you have bought, and then your special rules, like uh, your like army rules, like stratagems, warlord traits, relics, and all that, will just be slotted into like a, two pieces of paper that you change in and out. Um, it sounds like a modular system, which I think that if they're trying to balance the codex creep or like supplement creep while still making revenue off of new releases by adding more options is a smarter move, right? Like if you have to substitute out what you get in your codex when you want to try the new supplement thing because it's a new way of playing your faction, uh, that is much better than every supplement adding onto an already existing large toolbox like they did in ninth. Well, and I also think it makes the FAQs a little easier. Um, you know, if everything other than War Scroll cards are on two pages, when you need to FAQ an army because they're having some sort of issue with their force, you can just say, hey, y'all, here's the change notes, but, like, here's your new two-page spread for this force. Just, like, download this, print these two pages, there you go. It replaces what's in the book. Uh, rather than having to go hunt down a number of disparate rules to try to update a force more comprehensively and then make changes on multiple pages scattered all over the place. Uh, could be cool. Could be cool. But we'll see how that shakes out once we know more about how codexes are going to shake out. Yes. I think uh, we'll probably end up doing more stuff just about what is confirmed closer. We're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff about 10th edition leading up to 10th edition, so. Yeah, uh, we ready. also don't know what supplements are going to look like uh, in the new edition, um, or seasons for that matter. Uh, they're things that currently exist, but they didn't mention anything about them. I personally have my guesses about whether seasons are going to stay, but uh, I don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, or for supplements, you know, are they just going to include, like, new two-page spreads? Or, you know, are we going away from, like, rules supplements entirely and now it's, like, gameplay stuff? No idea. Yeah. They they gave no hints. Uh, we have our own, like, personal desires, but they just didn't even talk about it. And then, uh, like, obviously, a lot of... St everything is getting nuked to the ground and they're releasing indexes when 10th edition comes out. So then, once that happens, what does the release cadence look like from there? And yeah. the answer is, not sure. Yeah, we we don't know. They did like and when ninth edition dropped, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna release a codex a month." Nope, nothing like that here. I think they are scared to give that answer uh, because last time when they couldn't live up to that, uh, people got real mad. And. Uh, I think we are unlikely to see a for sure this is what it's going to look like from them. Uh, I also think that we don't, like, it's not just a thing. We don't know exactly when the edition's releasing. We know that it's coming out in the summer, is what they said. They didn't give it a month. They didn't give a date. So we are probably going to see that within, like, a couple of weeks, hopefully. Hoping. Yeah, I have my guesses, but much like the other stuff, it's purely guesses. Uh, I'm guessing mid to late June, uh, just so they can try to 
really prep for it and have a big summer release. They tend to like big summer releases. Uh, but until GW has a date put out publicly on their social media and on the website, I wouldn't put your eggs in any baskets. Yeah, and like there's a rumor going around that it's the it was between mid June to early July, based off of the same guy who did the rumor that 10th edition was even coming, and he was completely right. So like, you could probably just be excited it's going to be around that time frame, but we don't know for sure. There is no for sure date from GW yet. And uh, as somebody who works in logistics, I can tell you that might shift and change depending on what happens with you know trucks. Like <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, dates are the a hardest. Re- there's a physical release of a new like box set alongside this. It happens every time. It's Tyranids versus Space Marines. It's awesome, but that will dictate when the edition is released. Yeah, you got me. I didn't think you were going to keep going. Um, dates are the hardest thing to predict from in from Games Workshop because they are the thing that is the most fluid. Because the date that you release stuff isn't something that exists in a vacuum. You know, you don't just get to look at the cosmos and say this day, you might have all sorts of stuff that makes that date impossible to meet. It's going to get kicked out. Now your date has changed. It all happened in a blink of an eye and all your rumors are wrong. Um, so like it, I often ask people to have a little bit of caution, uh, but I would especially ask you not to ha- take any big swings on this one. Just, Give it a minute. <laughs> they will tell us when they have a concrete time. And now, like, I think we get into the, our thoughts section, right? Because we got thoughts. We got a lot of thoughts. And we said we were going to yeah, save most opinions. of our thoughts for here. And hopefully we did. But there were some thoughts in the first part, too, because, Jesus, we can't help ourselves. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. We're excited. So, John, like, what are your general thoughts about New Edition? Okay. Getting this out of the way. Uh, I know there's a shit ton of the, like salt mine getting brought up. I think this is good. Ninth edition has been a bad edition. It, at the at the beginning, it looked like it could be something interesting. It ended up being something full of bloat, full of just difficult to play gameplay, difficult to like stay engaged with gameplay. It became a thing that was just dominating like it was very hard to do uh i could do it because i've been playing these games since i was 10 newer folks struggle people that don't have the same level of like interest that i have with the game struggle and that's sad right i i i as a player don't go to tournaments to get all my games in. i'm not out here like meta chasing or building like super powerful lists but i was having to do that to a degree to play casually which was a bad place for the game to be I'm excited for 10th edition because it sounds like I can just sit down and play games with my buds with very little like faffing about beforehand. The amount of times we would try to play a game and we would have to have like an hour or two hour discussion before the event that we were going to play on a Saturday on like a Wednesday night of a, okay, what rules are we going to allow? What, what are we using here? What are we doing here? What about this? What about this? Of like, in addition to like food planning and everything else, we would then have to like send out to our group of 10 friends who were all coming to hang out so that we're all on the same page was a bit much. Um, It wasn't like you could just sit down and just pull the rule book out and play a game, right? There's just a bunch of stuff that people had to be double and triple checking on people to play. I'm glad that's going away. I know that the cost of that is that codexes are going to have to get reset and they're going to have to be a treadmill. Um, We don't know how that is yet, so I'm not going to judge it yet. Um, I will say I'm not happy that my world eaters just got a codex like two months ago and that guard just got a a codex like two months ago and that's going to be out the door in less than six months. That sucks. I want that to go away. Like, as we continue getting new additions and the game continues growing, we can throw that in the trash. Like, that needs to not happen because like that's where I think a lot of the salt and vitriol from online is coming from is those two communities are kind of going, Oh, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> well, and I mean, they're not wrong. It's, yeah. it's rough. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's real rough. If you just bought the $60 book or maybe the special edition book and it was, you maybe get half a year, maybe. Yeah. And like my personal opinion is the easiest way 
to remove that feels bad, that negative play experience for those players is to remove the need to buy a $60 book to play the army. Like just if you sell it as a book that is a collectible and not required to play your game, people will still buy the collectible. Like even if you still put the rules in it, but you allow the rules to be accessible elsewhere for a cheaper, if not no cost, you will have more people playing your game interest will buzz. You will have more content created around it. It will be more impactful. I mean, for instance, part of the reason why we haven't covered every single faction on this podcast is because buying every rule book is a lot of money. It's hard. Like it's hard to afford like the, was it 20 factions or something like that? Uh, I think 24 or 26. Yeah. Like if each is $60, that's a lot of money to record an episode about. That's, that's just, that's a struggle. And, It's a struggle that a lot of people are shocked with when they come to the game because you don't have that in other games, right? Like if you buy, say you want to play a rogue in D&D, you buy the core rulebook, the rogue's in there, you're good. And like that also has all the other classes in it. You could reasonably just use the one book to play everything. Uh, If you go play like video games, you don't have to pay for the new like updates. They're there. You bought the game. You might buy the battle pass or whatever so that you get stuff. But like there's not this like nickel and diming that, you know, Games Workshop has seemed to be doing. And if that's going to be going away, I'm all for it. But the biggest things I'm happy about, two biggest things. Universal Special Rules, being back, makes the game infinitely more playable. It makes it very fun. Uh, and we're going to have many conversations about Special Rules, Joe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to have to learn them all, which is going to be a little bit of upfront effort, but I look forward to the challenge and I think it will be worth doing to streamline this thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that might even give us some stuff to talk about on here is like, Hey, we're just going to do an episode where we read off special rules to you. (laughs) We are now man who reads book. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the OC rule is the other thing I'm the most excited about because that is a, directly going to shake up the entirety of the game in an interesting way like uh, not just like ah we've changed big core rules haha now you have to relearn things no this is a this is not a thing that is hard to understand in concept it's just got big implications yeah it's just gonna completely change the way army lists are built like you you will not just pick a battle line based off of is it tough or does it shoot well I'll use World Leaders as an example. If my Berserkers just punch really hard and are a little difficult to kill, and my Jackals have a higher OC, I now have a choice to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, currently, my Jackals are weaker at fighting at World Eaters, and the only thing they really bring is they get their cheap blood type points. As opposed to Murder Machines. So there's not much of a choice there, but if you give them like an OC value of three or two, but world leaders only have like a one or a two. All right. Well, maybe we've got some, we've got some gas in this tank. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're thinking with portals, so to speak. Yeah. I, th- I really like that change. Truly. Uh, I think it is uh, a simple, but highly effective one. And I hope they utilize it. Well, there's yeah. a lot of potential. My my biggest concern, though, is what is this edition going to look like in a year? All of the sun's great going up front. All of the sun's like, going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to enjoy playing it for its first year, no doubt. This will be great. Generally, though, after a year of an edition being out, the game becomes a little bit unrecognizable from its iteration on release. And I'm wondering how that's going to be this time because it sounds like they're trying to set themselves up to tackle that problem. And I hope they do because I don't, I I want to enjoy that first year for the whole of the edition where there's less rules and it's more fun because there's more experimentation and it doesn't become like just more rules, more rules, more rules, more rules. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope they take the opportunity to utilize the two-page spread format uh, to, instead of just hammering, like, hey, here's, like, five more pages of rules for, eight, for like, each army. 
just give us other options with the original army. Two pages per option. That sounds kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It gives you more arrows in your quiver without being a ton of stuff to memorize that you have to take in every single list because those two-page spreads are mutually exclusive. So I think that's the issue with supplements currently is that if you're going to make a list, you have to consider supplement uh, implications in every list you make for your army. Uh, with the two-page spread system, you might not have to do that, and it might keep that mental load down if handled right. And I, I hope they do it. I do. Uh, for me, uh, generally, I think all of this sounds pretty interesting. Uh, like I've talked about on the show before, one of my biggest issues with 40K is it is just cumbersome. Ninth uh, edition especially is incredibly cumbersome. Uh, there is more stratagems than I am capable of memorizing. I mean, there is 20 plus stratagems per army, many of which are only able to be used on a single unit and don't come up ever. And when they do, it's like a once in a blue moon thing you couldn't have accounted for. And with that being my biggest issue with Ninth, I like that they're one of their biggest priorities is streamlining the system. That sounds great. Uh, I can't say whether they'll hit that target or not, but I think they're shooting at the right thing. And uh, I also really enjoy the fact that indexes are coming out digitally and you don't have to buy it. On release, download the thing, get to playing with your people. I love that. I really do. Uh, and I think that there is going to be an incredible amount of fun had for us when it first drops and none of us knows what's going on. We're all just running off of these little digital compendiums uh, and having great games. Uh, and I hope that also it is an addition that is less incredibly lethal. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, just to, to backpedal for a second, to piggyback off of your your statement about being able to like have fun at the beginning of an edition this frees up like a level of hype for the new edition like once we have a date we can be like all right painting queue started i'm gonna have this faction ready for our release event and i don't have to worry about not having rules like i can just paint the faction i want to play don't care about the rules all the rules are coming out at the same time so i can just paint the thing i want to play and bring it and like Whereas before, like with the release of Ninth, there was a lot of toss-up of like, I guess I'm just going to wait to see what comes out. Like, am I a Space Marine or a Necron? No? Well, then I'm just going to wait. Like, like, I'm waiting. To, I don't even know if my book's going to come out. Especially like guard players who waited like three years. God, <laughs> that's rough. Waiting three years for a book only to have it not even good for half a year. Yeah, they used an 8th edition book for like, two of the three years of ninth edition. Like it is, uh, some people will be upset that the rules are resetting, but like, I think it's good if everyone's getting stuff at the same time, like it's okay. Yeah. I, I really think that's the right move. Uh, but I think what you just alluded to is my big concern with the new edition. Uh, I think there will be a time where there is like this glorious harmony where everyone is running off of indexes. And then the thing I really am not looking forward to is hopping back on the codex treadmill potentially um you know as you said some people wait over three years and to wait three years on an index that's probably gonna be rough um yeah and i, I mean... don't know how they are going to try to combat that problem or if they're gonna try to combat that problem uh but that's, for me, the big concern. And I think it's the big concern for the, the community as a whole across like the casual and competitive scenes. Like Everybody hates it. Nobody is a fan. <laughs> like The tournament players don't like that they have to like chase this like ever-changing meta in a way that is just not fun. The amount of times I've heard a competitive player go, I really wish I could play X Faction because I started with it and I love it, but I just don't have a book 
sucks. And like casual players say the same thing. Like it's it's not great. And it's been this way since like the eighth drop, right? Like I played Gene Scissor Cult back in seventh edition when they first came out, and the book was amazing. Eighth dropped and the index was terrible for it. Like they had three stratagems and they lost all of their unique flavor rules that let them do like unique gene sealer cult stuff. And so they were basically just worse guard that didn't have tanks and stuff. You mean worse guard? Is it a great tagline for an Arby? <laughs> yeah. And so it was, they just got decimated. Like they were just not good. And I mean, like, not like, oh, you're going to lose some games. Like, you're going to lose almost every game that you play until they got their new book in 8th edition. That was almost two years later. Like, and then they were a nightmare because no one knew how they worked. No one had been interacting with them. And it sounds like we're not doing that with indexes this time. Like, the indexes are going to be a little bit beefier with rules, which is interesting and allows people to understand what different army mechanics do earlier in the edition. And then I'm hoping when the codexes come out, it's just like options, less straight up power increase. Yeah, I, I this is going to be a difficult one for them to navigate. And I don't even know necessarily how high it is on their priority list because they haven't talked about it being a problem. Uh, and for them, maybe it's not. And that's really the worry. And I won't know how that shakes out until, you know, a year or two down the line when we would be doing like a, a look back. Uh, yeah. But I really, really think I'm going to have a lot of fun early in this edition. And I hope I keep having fun as things progress. Um, but I really like the fact that they're streamlining things. I think if nothing else, it will make it easier for me to try to play a game. Even if that game is played with an index book, two and a half years into an edition. God, that yeah. sounds sad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not that way. Because, like, we, we have talked a lot about codexes here because it's kind of a big pain point for us and also most people. And, like, th that is an issue, right? Like, if, you, if your entire rules release system is based around physical medium, you're constrained by the physical world. You are constrained by, like, logistics and yada, 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 and, like, all the schedules. There is no avoiding a book coming out two years after release when you have 24 factions if you're releasing them one a month. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid that. That will feel bad for the people on the end of that train. So if they don't address this, more people will start dealing with that as editions go by and less like people will keep getting mad about it. Like People were not this mad about this at 7th edition. People started getting mad about this over the course of 8th edition and just got more mad at 9th. Like, as someone who's been through all of these editions, like, the codex creep and yelling about codexes to this degree wasn't a thing before. Because before, it was kind of a toss-up. Like, you might end up with a book for five years, you might end up with a book for three years. Eh, but, like, you played it because it was fun. This, like, more regimented, like, cadence... And the power increase being so dramatic, that's a newer problem for the last two editions. And I think they have to solve it. Not just to keep the old blood, but I don't think new people will stay. There's just other options out there. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I don't know. Like, There's so much here that makes me kind of hopeful and excited, but I just have a, a, a couple of concerns that are really really up in the air so i would say i am not like john on the hype train but i am hopefully optimistic uh well maybe cautiously optimistic yeah i'll go with cautiously optimistic um until we hear more i will reserve some of my opinions but uh if nothing else i want a streamlined game because in the end like trying to memorize my bajillion stratagems in ninth edition Normally, I only ended up using, like, four or five anyway, and the rest were useless. Uh, so the fact that we're just starting from that point, that's the answer. Let's go. I can, like, five or six? I'll remember six. We could do six. Uh, and then learn from there as everything rolls on. Uh, and I think that's kind of, like, 
most of our thoughts from what we have currently. But y'all, there is so much more that we do not know. And when we know more, we will say more. <laughs> I can guarantee it. Um, we are really going to be trying to keep an eye out for what's coming. And once we feel like we have enough information to make it worth an episode all on its own, I promise you there will be more episodes of this. Um, and if you do enjoy this, feel free to send it to people. But really what I want to ask y'all to do this time is that Spotify has a rating system for the podcast. Uh, if y'all listen on Spotify, please rate it. Uh, it really helps a lot and it only takes you like a second. I'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, and for over here, we're going to keep the hobby going and really try to uh, get our heads together on 10th and maybe put out a whole big push of content come 10th edition dropping. Hint, hint, wink, wink, Lucas. And uh, you're going to probably see a lot from us around that time that drops. God help us and our sleep schedules. Uh, but for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide. Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all on the next episode.